Hi, everybody. I am Cody Urban, and I'm honored to be here. This is such a pleasure to get to share a word with you all today. And my mom invited me, and I was like, okay, this is exciting. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you believe it's almost Thanksgiving? Like, didn't this year just start? <laughs> is it just me, or has it gone by really fast? Like, it's almost 2023. I'm still barely getting used to writing 2022 on checks and stuff yet. I mean, it's just crazy how fast this year has gone. It's been kind of a weird year. I mean, 2020, 2021, take the cake, right? But we're dealing with a lot of the aftermath this year. And I mean, just, I mean, just think about it. At the beginning of the year, we were still wearing masks and, and, and a lot of places were still wearing masks and there's so much confusion. Like, okay, do we wear a mask here? And oh, now I forgot it because I forgot this one place still requires it and this place doesn't. And it's just, just kind of weird. And then the economy's gone nuts, right? Gas prices, amongst other things, go through the roof. War in Ukraine, rumors of wars. I'm aware that a lot of folks have been struggling with a lot of mental health across the board. A lot of folks dealing with depression, fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety quite, quite a bit. And I will admit, I've really wrestled a lot with anxiety this year, especially with the, the market. You know, a lot of down economy, down market, lose money. So it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And I, and I know it's, it can be really tough. And I just named a bunch of big stuff, and that's the grand scheme. We all have our own individual struggles that we're all dealing with, and we all might face anxiety and fears in our own individual ways. When I think of anxiety, I can't help but think of a particular verse that has always meant so much to me, especially this year. So I've worn it on my wrist. It's actually worn off, except for the good 4-6 right there. It's Philippians 4-6. And I've, just, I've worn it on my wrist this whole year just to try to continuously remind myself about how to respond to those anxieties. So Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything. Easy, right? <laughs> Easier said than done, Paul. Come on. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, okay, now we know where I'm going with this, right? With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's quite a promise. That's quite a quite a goal I think all of us want. I want that peace that guards my heart, peace that surpasses understanding. So how do we get there, right? It's not just as simple as don't be anxious, just knock it off. Don't be anxious. No, it's, what do we do about that? Well, it says by prayer and petition. Prayer meaning, I think we know what prayer is. We've done it a few times this morning already. Uh, actually, I would say in some ways we've done both because prayer, I think, is is yes, there's a connection with God. We're talking to God. We're sharing our thoughts, our feelings, our hopes, our, our everything. We're just, we're, we're, we're connecting with God. Whereas petition, I think, is us doing that more corporately, right? Think of signing a petition, right? We want more signatures, as many signatures on that thing as possible because we think the more we sign it, more moved a congressman, a governor, whoever we're trying to petition will, will respond favorably to what we want, right? So that's why we get others, pray with me, pray for me through prayer and petition. And if Paul left it at that, I think that would make kind of good sense. You know, okay, cool. Pray, pray with others. Peace of Christ surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds. But he doesn't, he doesn't leave it at just that. He adds in this moment here, with thanksgiving, present your requests 
kind of seems strange, right? It seems almost like the cart before the horse, or we might naturally think that way. It's like, I'm asking for this thing. Why am I thanking now? Why am I thanking first? Because Thanksgiving is just, is key. <laughs> it's utterly key. So what is Thanksgiving? What What is it all about? Let's take a moment to, to dive into this. I've, I've really passionately focused on Thanksgiving a lot in my walk with Jesus, something I've really studied, really meditated on. So when my mom said, hey, can you come and talk to us about Thanksgiving? Oh yeah, I got this. I got this verse in the bag. I'm ready to go. Well, okay, let's let's pray. Let's take some time to study. And so three main things popped out to me. Two I totally expected and one I didn't. One I did not entirely expect. I'll save that one for last. First though, first thing that really popped out was that Thanksgiving is essential. Absolutely essential. Cover to cover throughout the Bible. We've, we've, we've done a number of verses today already encouraging uh, and challenging us to be thankful. And I think I've got other ones, right? A little sampling here of different verses, which is cool. It kind of proves my point. There's just so many times the Bible is encouraging God's people to be thankful. Psalm 106, verse 1, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Right? So we are to be thankful for his, his goodness and his love. In First Chronicles 16, 8. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Our thanksgiving is supposed to be a witness that we are living a life of this gratitude. It is to make known his deeds as well. It becomes a light and, and hopefully an inspiration to others, right, who are, who are struggling with the things I was naming earlier on. And so is this person who's dealing with these things, and yet they seem to live this life of thanksgiving and gratitude. What a light, what a shine that that, that does. Move in New Testament. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances. I do believe that was mentioned earlier this morning. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, to give thanks in all circumstances. That really ties in with the other one too, right? Where don't be anxious, pray, petition with thanksgiving. How to be thankful in all circumstances. It's tough. I don't have it all down. I'm not perfect. You know, I'm a, we're pointing the fingers or three pointing back at me. This sermon's for me, So just so you know. I'm, I'm really teaching myself and challenging myself, but hopefully you guys are, are right there with me. And, and Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. Yet again, right? Everything we're doing. Everything we're doing. Stuff that might seem completely mundane. Just doing the dishes. <laughs> Dealing with a, a flat tire, right? Going to work. You think your job has nothing to do with serving the Lord, but, but, but it can. We do do that in his name, with him, for him. Thanksgiving is utterly essential. Uh, every now and then, praying can be a little challenging, right? You, you, you know, I know I should pray, right? It's what we do. We follow Jesus. We should pray. We should talk to him. All right, we got the Lord's Prayer. Great, cool. Uh, but another model that I found really, really helpful, some of you may have heard of this, some may not, so hopefully it's helpful to you. I've used it with my kids to try to help them learn to pray. And then the model is ACTS, A-C-T-S. The A is adoration, the C is confession, the T is thanksgiving, and the S is supplication or supply, ask, asking God to supply needs. And I think it's really cool. I, I kind of feel like the Christian calendar sort of follows that where Christmas time, 
the Advent season seems to be really focused on the adoration. Time of Lent and preparing for Easter feels like a big time for confession, right? Where we're just aware of our need for Jesus' sacrifice. I need a Savior. I'm confessing that brokenness, that sinfulness, and such. And then we have this amazing holiday right here that we're about to celebrate, Thanksgiving. And to take, I mean, clearly we're supposed to be thankful in all circumstances, not just at this time of year, right? But it is, I think, especially important to just take that time, right? And take a, maybe the month, maybe if you haven't been focusing on this month, maybe the next few days, just focusing on that. Not letting the lyrics to the song just be cute, count your blessings. Okay, cool. No, really do it. <laughs> really try to make an effort to it. My family, we've done a thing, um, started November 1st, where we, we every night name something we're thankful for and write it on a pumpkin. So we had this, this pumpkin, a white one, and just use markers. And, and you know, it, I think it's such a good exercise. My oldest is killing it. Like he's, we're supposed to do one a day and half the time he's naming four or five. I'm, like, I'm just so moved and inspired by that. And my, my little daughter, she thanked, she put bubbles on there. I mean, but, but why not, right? Why not be thankful for bubbles, right? I mean, it's just, there's so much, so much to be thankful for. Um, and, and so there are, there are massive health benefits as well. It's not just a thing that we're implied or uh, encouraged to do through the Bible, but there's, there's studies that out there that say when somebody is in, the way I read it was a state of appreciation. When somebody is in a state of appreciation, their breathing tends to slow down and get more regular. Their heart rate can take on a more healthy, healthy level. Your 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 biometric rhythms just kind of synchronize into a, into a more healthy place when you're just in what's what they were calling a state of appreciation. I mean, that's that's I usually call it the attitude of gratitude. Just trying to be thankful in all circumstances, even, even in the middle of strife, even in the middle of turmoil, what can I be thankful for? If I'm angry at somebody and we, we have a problem, and if I can take some time to just be thankful that they still exist, right? That they, that they are on this earth with me. I mean, just even at its bare level, maybe also be thankful for things that they've done in the past or, or, or just, you know, benefits that ha- come from that relationship. Focusing on what I'm thankful for in that situation can make the problem not necessarily go away, but just seem smaller and more manageable, right? So there, there's like social health that we can get from just constantly trying to focus on, on uh, being thankful. And there's tons of mental, emotional health benefits. Kind of what I'm saying, you know, it's, if you're being in a state of appreciation and your heart rate goes down, your breathing gets more normalized, you can think more clearly. Right. And so things that we might be anxious about, fearful about, sad about, grieving. I'm not saying those don't exist. I'm not saying that they're, they're not real, but they can kind of shrink because I'm focused on this bigger picture and just all the, the many good things. And, I, and sometimes that's just as simple as being thankful for every breath, every sunrise, every sunset. Right. Maybe the feel of it nice shirt on you, you know, I'm just, it, it can be simple stuff that we can take completely for granted. We don't have to really overthink it. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for this big thing. It's like, no, I'm, I'm just really thankful for a cup of water right now, right? And I, it's awesome that we've got drinking water right here and just take that moment. Okay, that was the first one. Second one, Thanksgiving is communal. If you go into the, everyone's favorite book, the book of Leviticus, right? We all love reading the book of Leviticus. 
It's the top seller, right? <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it's a challenging book. We all giggle because, yeah, oh, it's Leviticus, right? And there's a lot of stuff in there that just doesn't seem to fit with our culture, especially things like sacrifices and offerings. I mean, like animal sacrifices and stuff like that. And it can get kind of muddy and you're like, oh my gosh, just, we don't even do this. Why am I reading this? There's so many things named here. And uh, I recently was... Um, listening to a podcast study that was going through Leviticus, it really kind of helped make some sense of some things to, to find out there are five main categories for, uh, uh, for offerings. And then inside of each of those categories are specific sacrifices. And so, well, is the peace offering. One of those categories is called the peace offering. And underneath that, you have what's called the wave offering, the votive offering, and the thanksgiving offering. And so that was an offering where people would come out of just gratitude, right? I want to, I want to express my worship through thanks. I'm going to bring an animal, but with this one, you're also supposed to bring grain. It actually became more of a full meal. It wasn't just the meat. There was also a, a grain part of that. And this offering was completely consumed. Part of it was designed for the, the priests. They had the breast and the right thigh. That was theirs. There's a lot more meat there and none of it's allowed to be leftovers. They don't have refrigeration, but I mean, none of it's supposed to be leftovers. It's all supposed to be eaten. If there is leftovers, that was supposed to be burnt to just complete ash and gone. Nobody wants to waste food, especially thousands of years ago. I mean, it, things weren't as easy. There's no grocery stores, right? So what do you do with that meal? You share it. You, you, when you were thankful and you wanted to make this offering, you, you're, you're, you're blessing the priests. You're eating it yourself and you're giving it to your family and your friends and the people in the community. You act thankful. And it goes to share and it becomes a meal for others. Move in New Testament. Jesus seemed to really take this concept as just intrinsic. Like this is just part of the ethos of how he lives. And I'm, I'm looking at these three parables in Luke 15. And none of them are really about Thanksgiving per se. But each one of those parables, the, the, the main character of the parable or a main character has a moment of Thanksgiving and how they respond is very indicative of how I think Jesus sees being thankful, that it is meant to be communal. First one is a shepherd has a hundred sheep. One of them gets lost. He leaves the 99. He goes hunting around hill and dale to find his sheep. And he finds the sheep. And how does he respond? He gathers his friends, probably other shepherds, but he gathers his friends and says, rejoice with me. My sheep was lost and now it's found. The next parable, it's a woman who has five really special, precious coins, and one of them goes missing. She probably has little kids who shoved it under the cushion of the couch, probably. But it goes missing, and she searches high and low for it. And when she finds that missing coin, she tells her friends, rejoice with me. This thing was missing, and I found it. Celebrate with me. And then the third parable we're probably pretty familiar with, especially if you've been in a community of Christ followers for a while, is the prodigal son. And so Jesus does, you know, shepherd, woman with coins, prodigal son. Story is, young man tells his dad he's not dying fast enough. I want my inheritance early. Goes and squanders it. This is the quick abridged version, by the way. Please go read it in Luke 15 if you want. Uh, goes and squanders it, becomes destitute poor. And he goes back to his dad not to be reinstated as a son. He's just, it'd be better off to at least be a, a servant in my dad's house. And he goes there and his father welcomes his open arms and restores him to sonship, sandal his finger, I'm sorry, sandals on his feet, ring on his finger. And what does he do? Anyone? Throws a feast, yes, kill the fatted calf, right? 
He's feeding people. He's so excited. He's so thankful that his son is back. He says his son was dead and is alive again. He's lost and he's found and he throws a feast. It is clearly, as, as Jesus seems to say here, that's just, that's what we do. We're thankful. We party with others. We celebrate with others. And, and, and what better way to do it than with a meal? And we took, I think in the bulletin, we called it communion or Lord's Supper. Someone calls it communion. You know, we, we all kind of have different names, different churches or church communities might call it different things. The most long-standing name for that is Eucharist, right? And I don't know if you all know, but when I discovered this, I thought it was the coolest thing. Did you all know we just had a Thanksgiving meal? Eucharist, from the Greek word eucharista, means Thanksgiving. I, I don't know, it's just me who thinks that's super cool. Like, I know there's no turkey on that, but that was a Thanksgiving meal. That was a little Thanksgiving meal. Then when we are doing this in remembrance of what Jesus has done, which is the, the biggest thing we can always have to be thankful for, that we do that together, that act communally. We take this meal as an act of thanksgiving. The last one that this brought me to that I was a little surprised about, not entirely surprised, it made sense, but it was amazing to me just how clear it seemed throughout the scriptures that thanksgiving leads to generosity. So I, I titled this message, The Giving and Thanksgiving. There's a moment in uh, First Chronicles. David is David, King David, man after God's own heart. He's about to, to die. He wanted to build the temple. God said, no, your son Solomon will do it. So he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this big party and we're going to have everybody donate to this temple. Right? It's like a, it's a mass, it's more than a tithe. A tithe means a tenth. I mean, it's like everybody do it. And David, out of his own bank account, right? Not the national treasury, out of his own stores, he donates, I'm in 1 Chronicles 29 4, 3,000 talents of gold. You all know what that is, right? right? We, we all know what talents are, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe if you have, oh, I see something, she's, she's opened up the Bible, the, the old school analog Bibles, right? Where, you know, it's not digital. They might have conversions and stuff in there, but even a lot of digital Bibles will have a little note, you know, and, and they'll do the calculation for you, thankfully. 3,000 talents of gold is equal to roughly 100 metric tons of gold. Then he gives 7,000 talents of refined silver. This is the Bible. I'm not making this up. And that's roughly 235 metric tons of silver. I don't care if David is Scrooge McDuck swimming in pools of money. He felt that. That was a sacrifice. That was a lot. Why would anybody do that? Right? I mean, we give maybe maybe a tenth, and that's great, right? You know, and, and maybe some of us are in a situation where giving even a tenth is, is too challenging. I don't, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty about it. But why would somebody give that? I mean, that, that you know is more than a tenth of his storehouse. David is just pouring this out. And I don't, we don't have to wonder. We don't have to wonder why David would do it. He actually leads a prayer. I mean, the guy wrote a bunch of Psalms. So here, you know, here's, here's one that he does publicly uh, in First Chronicles 29, 10. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for 
everything in heaven and earth is yours. I want to take a moment to just kind of sit on that. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. We might take that concept for granted a lot of the time. Like, oh yeah, God made it, so it all belongs to him. What does that really mean? Everything truly belongs to God. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. David does this massive donation, massive offering, because he knows it never really belonged to him in the first place. It all belongs to God. Take a moment, just really. The breath that I'm breathing right now is a gift. Every, Every sunrise is a gift. Everything. Everything. And that just, if we can kind of keep that mindset, it helps us to be thankful in all circumstances and go, well, I don't have to tight this, hold on to these things. It's never really mine to begin with. I'm just maybe borrowing it for now. And maybe, maybe God gave this to me to share. Maybe I am to be the vehicle to bless somebody else because he gave this, he put this in my trust to be his hands and feet to bless others. That's why I think Thanksgiving leads to generosity. And there are, there are many, many moments I kept seeing this, this, this trend and I get to Hebrews and I'm going to read, I'm going to do a little funny here because I, I, I'm reading two verses back to back from two different translations just because I kind of like the way they worded. It, I'm not twisting anything. It's just, I think the way it was worded for verse uh, Hebrews 13, 15 verses 16 in different translations. So I'm I'm reading from the KLV for 15. By him, is the author referring to Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Okay, so we were talking about offerings and sacrifices. So so let's do that. Well, we, we don't give animal sacrifices. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He paid it all, right? His blood has covered it. No, no sheep could ever do. So what do we do? What is our sacrifice that we can give to God continually? Great, it tells us. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Okay, so here we're looking at, we should live giving offerings. What is the best offering? The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Verse 16, I'm moving to the NIV for the specific translation here. So so we're giving thanks, that is our sacrifice. And what does that entail? And do not forget to do good and to share with others. Same thought, right? It's the same thought. They weren't writing with verses. It's not like bullet points here. It's it's all one thread that we are living a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Don't forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. That thanksgiving and generosity are just entirely hand in hand. And I think all of this can really battle anxiety and fear, as I was saying. If we, it, like I said, the cha- I'm preaching to myself. This challenge is entirely for me. And if you want to join me in this challenge, please do. To really try to keep that mindset 
that attitude of gratitude that everything truly is a gift. And if I can be focused on how I can give, how I can serve, how I can lift others up and not be so worried about what I've lost, what I might lose, what tomorrow could bring, I'm going to be in a place where the peace that surpasses all understanding is going to guard my heart's and mine, my heart and mine, and yours as well. And some of us might be in a situation where you're like, okay, that's well and good for David. He's got piles of money. I don't have, I don't have much to give. If everything is a gift, everything is available to be given, and God's not looking for big numbers. He's looking at your heart. There's this beautiful moment, Mark 12, 41 to 44. This is where we're going to land. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. So he's at a, at a temple or, or synagogue here. And he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury, and many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came. And she put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. And calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. God's not looking at these, these, these big numbers. God can take those few cents and do massive and mighty things with it. But he does want us to have that heart where we, we're not tight fists holding on to that. We go, this is yours, God, and I'm going to bless others with it because I know all good things come from him. And I can live with that peace. You've been listening to a guest speaker at Hayes Christian Church. Hayes Christian Church is a non-denominational fellowship in Hayes, Kansas. We are supported by the generosity of our members, attenders, and friends. The financial support we raise goes to projects which further spread the gospel to those who do not yet know Jesus, to those local, national, and international missions, and they help to keep those podcasts free. If you'd like to share a monetary gift with us, please visit our webpage at hayeschristianchurch.org and click on the Donate button, or you may mail your gift to P.O. Box 1111, Hayes, Kansas, 67601. If you have questions, comments, or would like more information, we would love to hear from you. Simply go to our webpage and click on the Contact Us form. Thank you for your generosity, and may God bless you as you seek to follow Him.